If you're ready to finally start putting the pieces together and get a head start on your sober curious journey, you've got to get in my program, Awaken Sober Living. The secret sauce that really brings it all together is asking the right questions and then actually answering them. And then we go a little bit deeper. So if you're over the trap of trying to figure it out with moderation and stopping and starting all the time, this is the space for you to get a whole new perspective and make space for something new to come through. And that something new is more of you. There'll be a link right here in the show notes for you to go on over and get right in there. You can also just go to visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and we will get going. I'll see you on the inside. I'll be there for you every step of the way. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels counting days or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hello, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. Welcome back to another episode. If you're new, it's so glad to have you. Um, I am just thrilled that the weather is springy. (laughs) It is my favorite time to really connect with the senses. You can do it all year long, of course, but there is something really magical about the, you know, the warm breeze and the 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 flowers blooming and seeing the tulips and the buds on the trees and all of these things that can really delight the senses. And with that comes a, another opportunity to dive into the desire of memory, right? The nostalgia of alcohol and that warm summer night uh, at the end of the week and the, the association that you have with these natural, beautiful aspects of life um, that you now associate with alcohol. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about today was the social stigmas of not drinking and the kind of story within the story. So many people I talk to, so, so, so many people um, that are people that I work with and people out in the world have this story that is you know, alcohol is a huge part of our culture. And this was some, uh, a question and comment from a listener. How am I perceived if it comes to light in a work or social situations? Am I perceived as thinking that I'm better than someone who doesn't drink? Am I a buzzkill? How do I process and grow confident in this space? So how do I navigate this and This is something that brings a lot of anxiety to people, anticipating these challenges. And the first thing I want to offer 
is when we anticipate something from fear, it is a hypothetical situation. So you might have some evidence of this based on the past, but I want to invite you to explore the fact that you are a different person than when you started drinking. So although there may have been quote unquote peer pressure when you were younger or maybe in some circles that you ran in um, and that you might still run in, first, <laughs> are, are you really wanting to succumb to peer pressure? And second, is that really happening, right? So there's a collective story amongst people that drink or don't drink or that are questioning their relationship with alcohol that if I don't drink, I will be perceived as something else. There are so many people that, that tell me this that I want to know who are the people that are thinking the negative things. Who are the people that are thinking you're better than because you don't drink or that you're a buzzkill? Now, of course, there's always going to be that person that's like, why would you do that, right? But it's so few and far between. All of my clients and all of their hesitations about social situations and alcohol are completely unwarranted. They show up at places with a a plan of action, how they want to feel, being in curiosity, being in confidence, and they show up and no one's questioning it at all. They're more worried about what they're drinking or they turn down a drink and people say, okay. And if the person does inquire further, most of the time, I would say, you know, 99% of the time, it's out of a place of curiosity, not shame. You know, if the other person in a social setting So there's two points to the story in this episode today is one, your anticipated anticipated challenges are hypothetical and they're challenges that you are creating in your mind. They're not actually existing. Now, there might be a newness of being 100% authentically you in a new social setting and experiencing new emotion but how that translates to how other people are going to perceive you is something that you're creating in your mind. So if you're going to create something in your mind, create the best possible outcome. So when we create scenarios in our mind based on fear and on the unknown, well, based on the unknown, the brain wants to go towards fear naturally. That's kind of that negative bias that we, that we, habit, that we have just because of our human brain. So when you know that, you can see it and you can choose to decide, well, I don't actually know that this is true. So what would I want the outcome to be? If anything's possible and all scenarios are probable, (laughs) right? What do I want the outcome to be? How do I want to feel? And this is the work that I do with myself and my clients is we get to decide ahead of time and it always ends up you know, it's the idea like it's always better than you think it's going to be. And I'm so glad I came. But you can bypass the the anticipation of fear and anxiety by deciding ahead of time how you're going to feel. So what I've kind of been inferring from collecting data from so many people, um, I had a conversation last week with three different women who I know through my hula hoop community 
um, at three different times during the time we were together. And so they were all coming from different places. And I don't, one of them I know said she had made a conscious choice to not drink anymore, but the other ones I wasn't really sure about what their relationship was, but they were, you know, curious about the work I was doing from a place of curiosity. And they both, and all three of them had this story, even the person that had consciously chose not to drink, um, because of her mindset around it and she was in a really positive place but still still you know entering in a new situation she was going to be moving and she had been very comfortable in this environment that she lived in and she was moving to another country and like oh my gosh like what's it going to be like there right so anticipating new challenges and they all kind of had that story of this cultural bias, the social stigma. And what I've explored with my clients is if everyone feels like there's a social stigma, but they wouldn't be that person, they wouldn't judge or think that someone had a problem if they just simply turned down a drink, then where is that coming from? And that is worth questioning for every single thing we do. The other kind of component that ties in with this is that alcohol has the market on every single emotion that you can experience more than any other product or industry in our world. Big alcohol is big money and they can sell you alcohol for every single emotion. So there is in that context, the ability to find some sort of justification for the habit to be able to justify, well, I feel good. I worked hard this week. It's a Friday night and the sun is out. So it must be okay. And I must be enjoy. It it must make things better. Because if you don't drink, well, so the story goes, something's wrong with you and you're going to be miserable. This is the way to happiness. But what I really want to invite you to inquire further about, is it the people or is it the marketing? Because what I'm really starting to notice as I dive more and more into this work every single day with my clients, with myself, and then with the, with the community is that it's the marketing that is creating the collective story and not the individual. Although it's everywhere and people are partaking in it, I truly believe that the story of how I'm going to be perceived is not true. And you might have experience with this in some negative way, but then I want to add in too, how do you want to make decisions about your life? Do you want to make your decisions about health and wellness and proactive life choices based on a person who wouldn't support that, who wouldn't understand that, who would be influenced by their own bias and their own habit and they can feel whatever they want you can still even like that person but the only thing that you have control over in this life is your thoughts your perception about the world and things like alcohol and your emotions 
and then the actions you take based on those two things. So if you want to step into dismantling your relationship about alcohol and creating new beliefs about it as an opportunity to grow as a person, not just because you shouldn't drink, because there's complications health-wise and mental and emotional-wise, but because you want to become more of you. Because when you don't drink, you're showing up with your thoughts and your emotions as authentically you to navigate a circumstance, to discern do I like this thing? Do I want to engage with these people? Is this in alignment with my highest self and my values? Or am I just succumbing to an urge and a habit? Because when the, ha- when the, when the drinking first starts, there's no, complica- there's no questioning, right? There's no, um, what's this all about? It's that rite of passage, that thing that you just do. But then the habit takes hold and now it is the experience. It is the way that you do everything. So now who are you in relationship to these social gatherings? And do you want to be defined by the way that you are when you're drinking? And why would you be a buzzkill to someone else's experience by being you? You do not have control over how people think and people feel. They have that interpretation based on their own life experiences and their own thoughts. Because you can go to an event, a networking event, and you could not be drinking and one person could think you're amazing and super powerful and awesome knowing this information, (laughs) like, wow, that person doesn't drink and they're here having a great time. That's amazing. And another person could think, how lame. So if you're going to make your decisions based on the possibility that there's the one person there that thinks how lame, then you're only doing a disservice to yourself. So it is practice of getting out of your own head and practice feeling emotions, feeling the emotions you would naturally feel in a situation. Now they're going to be new, so they might be a little bit bigger and they might be a little bit uncomfortable and curious, right? But it is in the honoring of self-inquiry and getting to know yourself and what is your purpose in this life and who do you want to be because time is short and you only get to do this one time so if you're going to put all of your eggs (laughs) you're going to bet put all of it on alcohol and that that's so important it is going to strip you and rob you of the opportunity to get to know yourself every single time that habit You're going to bet every single time on alcohol being the better option, then you never get to know the other side of it, which is a world of wonder waiting for you. It is an amazing experience through the good and through the bad. So although we are a culture obsessed with alcohol, right, we've put it into every single thing, we've normalized an epidemic. Alcohol kills 90,000 people in America alone, related incidents, health concerns, so on and so forth. And it is a choice. And yet we are okay with it. 
And we are okay with it because we think it's what everyone else does. But that is not true. And that is what marketing and big alcohol want you to believe that it's the way that everyone else does it. And if that's the way that everyone else does it, regardless, and it takes you further away from your health goals and the opportunity to get to know yourself and to experience the vastness of possibility about this life, do you want to be like everyone else? I just had uh, someone tell me a story about a, a video that she saw where all of these people, there was a, like all these actors that were in a room. I think it was a waiting room. And one guy comes in who's not an actor and he doesn't know about it. And he sits down and a buzzer rings and all of the actors stand up. And then the buzzer goes off and all the actors sit down. And then it goes off a second time. And then the guy that wasn't privy to the actors stands up with them. And then he sits down with them. And there was no rhyme or reason to the, the bell standing up in a waiting room but the whole theory was is that we don't want to be left out we want to do what everyone else does even if there's no rhyme or reason to this and this is terrifying <laughs> this is a terrifying concept right and so i just want you to spend some time observing observing all of the emotions the alcohol sells Right. So who's, you know, who's essentially making money off of your habit, right? And your emotions. Do you need that? This is how this is how marketing works. They sell based on emotions. Things that are going to feel like it's urgent. It's there's a lot of pain. And it's going to make you happier. But what if life wasn't about being happier? What if life was more about becoming more of yourself? About exploring and learning and navigating the waters of emotion? Because I would question (laughs) why we were born with the depth of emotion that we have if we were just supposed to numb them and we were just supposed to dis- dissociate and disembody ourselves and not experience and not inquire further. So when you, when you kind of have this social stigma story, what is it going to mean about me if I don't drink? What is it going to mean about you if you don't drink? Not what other, what other people are going to perceive. They might think you're great. They might think you're lame. What is it going to mean about you? And if that's not the first question that you ask out into the world, and this doesn't happen overnight, you know, when you care about a lot about what people think and when you're making decisions a lot on what other people think, you don't change that overnight, but it's worth questioning. Who am I living for? Who am I living to be a commercial, to to just constantly seek happiness as soon as there's not happiness, as soon as it's not fun, as soon as it's not the party that they sell, or I'm not feeling, you know, relieving my grief 
or celebrating in this checked out elated way, then I got to find, I got to find the fix. I got to go back and find it. So really thinking about the fact that, that alcohol is an epidemic that we've, that we've normalized and how has that happened? Because if it wasn't sold to you in a very purposeful way, would it have the impact it's had on the world? Probably not. So I want you to trust a little bit more in humanity. I want you to trust a little bit more in the human heart and compassion and think about what you would say. And maybe, you know, some of these fears um, and anticipations about socializing come from your own judgment and your own bias. We've had to sell the othering, right? They've had to sell. If you're not happy drinking and it's causing problems, then you're the other. They've even given it the term, you know, alcoholism. That's a disease that you live with forever. That's why people are in recovery forever. But from my perspective and what my clients crush the story of alcohol is that there can be some trauma. There's a, a, a discovery process, a reawakening to the truth, a further investigation required. <laughs> this isn't all that it's cracked up to be. This isn't all that is here to meet the eye, that there is a healing journey, but you heal. And then, you're, then you move on. And you're more full. You're more full of who you are. So there isn't the recovering for the rest of your life. And there is no judgment around that, as you know. But when you think about any other substance, cigarettes, any other, uh, any other drug, you're not recovering for the rest of your life. And I would like to also invite that alcoholism, addiction, is an unintentional learned behavior. It is not something that you're born with, but you can be predetermined based on how you were taught to feel or not feel emotions, what you learned from other people, people that influenced you, what kind of resources you had for internal resiliency, how much adversity you faced in your life. So there's all sorts of circumstances that can determine um, the challenge of addiction, but nothing is predestined. You decide. It is a learned behavior. We know this because it, you don't come out of the womb drinking because it is an acquired taste. Now, it doesn't take long to form a habit, but I do believe with the right mindset, which is that there can be a story about alcohol, that it was once something that you desired, and there can be a story and there could be a new belief that I no longer desire alcohol. And the way to work towards that is to question and examine all of your thoughts that create the belief that alcohol is an important part of my life. Alcohol is what we do. Alcohol is how I'm accepted. I want you to question all of that because in the observation 
of the evidence, firsthand experience that I have, that my clients have, these women I was talking to, is that there is a perpetuated belief that the big companies want you to believe that you will be left out if you don't drink. And that's not true. So (laughs) when you are going out into this beautiful spring weather, out into the summer, ready to, you know, do your social distancing, and I encourage you to get into community. I encourage you to be with people you love. Know that you, your vibration, your emotional vibration based on your thoughts and your emotions are going to attract the people that you want to just hang out with anyway and the drinking won't matter. Now, if you go out there thinking like, yeah, shame, I'm, I'm so shamed because I should be able to drink. Like, what if you just don't like it anymore? What if you just don't like the way it affects you anymore? You don't really like the buzz. Or it's just like not where you're going, right? There's so many reasons and it's all good. Like if you have a reason of why you no longer want alcohol in your life, show up with that energy and be confident and proud and you will attract the people that are going to feel great to be around. And the people that you were your drinking buddies, they might wonder why. They might have some judgments based on their own habit. Because if you were drinking with people regularly, they're going to have a habit of alcohol too. They just might not want to say no anymore. Like They just might be resigned themselves to a life of alcohol, a life of the habit of alcohol. Um, And that's okay too, you know, but is it in alignment with the woman you are, the woman you want to become, the fullest expression of yourself? So when you kind of make these like blanket black and white statements, just this, you know, this big sweeping statements, everybody drinks, you know, um, alcohol is so normalized. It's it's, you know, the banter that happens at work and so on and so forth. First of all, who's everybody, right? And maybe you're experiencing these particular situations because that's what you were doing. Because there's a ton of people who don't drink. There's a ton of people who drink very infrequently. So ask yourself, who is everybody and what is normal? Oh my gosh, that kills me. I wish I could drink normally. What is normal drinking? What is normal about a substance that creates a habit, that creates an epidemic in our world, that kills so many people, that creates so much mental drama, so much mental conflict? What is normal drinking? And when is this happening? When, it, when are these, um, you know, these judgments happening and where? Like if someone's judging you and they don't say anything, who cares? So you just have to question, is this someone, something that someone actually said to me? 
Is this true? Do I want to believe this? Why am I choosing to believe this? And what would I rather believe? What would serve me the most? Because when you show up like a boss to a party (laughs) and you are just feeling so proud, so excited because you have that Friday night springtime energy, but then you don't dilute it with alcohol, you are a boss. You are a queen and you throw a better party. You throw a freaking better party than alcohol ever could. And then you go home and get your beauty sleep, right? Then you go home early and get a good night's sleep. You have your fun. You have your cake and eat it too. And then you like go home. You don't have to just stay up all night because the alcohol is still there, right? And so kind of just looking at where, what are you ready to leave behind? These are new phases of your life. Step into that phase. Step into the things that you really love because you love them. And it's like you let go of that, the alcohol story of your youth, but then you can actually invite in some of the, like the childlike wonder of, wow, I used to do these things when I was a kid. What is this like? Like if I just am so excited about like, the barbecue games and the, you know, and the food and the sparklers, like, and the dancing and the music. What if that was the fun? And you didn't need to lower your inhibitions to experience that. So this is all about giving yourself permission to go out, have fun this summer and this spring, be more of you Question your stories, question this alcohol story that is sold to us just like everything else in our world (laughs) when it comes to, you know, institutionalization, right? Because it, our, our culture has been created for consumers and producers. We're not, we haven't been created and put in schools and in rows to be individuals, which is all changing Because the individual is what is going to save humanity. The individual is how we evolve in this human form. We have everything we need. We don't need anything more. We need more connection. We need more connection to spirit, which you can only find when you find more connection to yourself in the present moment. You might think you're elated and connecting in some you know, euphoric way to something else. But real connection to the service of this life comes from presence, clarity, authenticity, humility, feeling good about being with you, filling up that hole that alcohol creates that you keep reaching for. This time it's going to be different. Let me just see. It never is. Like just write it down on a piece of paper. This time won't be different. Like I know, I've got it. I've figured it out, which is fine. Like just know though, it won't be different. And you just start pulling at any last little redeeming quality you can find. But would you keep a relationship around like these potential people that might be kind of rude (laughs) that you're hypothetical situations, right? Like if someone thinks you're a buzzkill, who cares, right? Um, If you 
keeps a relationship around because of like one small thing you're like really reaching to find something that's valuable about this thing if it's that much work and you have to convince yourself that no 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 this is good like i need this i need to have this then is it worth it why you have to really ask why so you can be like everyone else so you won't be left out why does that matter you gotta keep questioning all of it this is the process of self-inquiry and when you get to the bottom of it which you never really will but when you get to the, like the bottom of some of these answers and you start to see some clarity you take off that the veil and the illusion you start to just feel really comfortable being yourself <laughs> And then all of these questions fade away. And now you're just like out with nature, loving hanging out by yourself. Your time alone is super precious. And it doesn't even matter, right? And everything becomes more intentional. So if you just hung out with someone because like, okay, they have blue eyes, they're pretty, like they have these pretty blue eyes and that was it. And everything else about them was not in alignment with your values and your highest self, like you'd really be doing a disservice to yourself. You're like, I'm just going to stare at these eyes the whole time I'm here. And that's what I hear people with alcohol. It's like, I'm going to hold on. These like first few sips are really good because they alleviate, <laughs> they alleviate the story of the habit, right? They just alleviate that pressure buildup. But after that, it kind of tastes like shit. <laughs> Pay attention to your drinking the next time you drink. Notice how that if it's good, especially if you're feeling good, that warm, fuzzy, you know, feeling, notice what changes. Notice how you feel before. Describe it to yourself. Feel your energy. You're like awakened, vibrant, radiant energy and watch how that changes. And then ask yourself how you feel after your last drink. What's the emotion? What are the sensations in your body? Watch how alcohol steals your vitality. And when does that happen, right? The first few sips, the first drink. So just really watch it the next time. And then watch your thoughts around this story and ask yourself, can I show up with this new awakening that's happening on the planet in a new way, more authentically me? Because we've seen that this life is precious. There is little tiny microscopic things out in the world that have a way more control over us than, than, we, than we do, right? So step into your power. Take control of your life. Live it on purpose. Live it like you mean it. Find out who you are. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? for you, not for anyone else. All right, girl, go out and get it. Have an amazing week. Bye. Hey, if you are loving this podcast, you are definitely ready for the next step. I would love to invite you to learn my three shifts process to interrupt any craving and get you started on your journey to finding freedom from alcohol. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a private call with me. You will leave the call with the tools for success and feeling confident and excited about entering into your new phase of life. And it's completely free to you. I look forward to connecting.